0: So, uh, just a, a, a quick recap on this series, and it's important for us to be able to, to remember, because when you're asking the why, um, we've been, uh, and if you're new with us, we've just been unfolding and unpacking these five unique roles that are found in Ephesians four. We're going to read the text in just a minute, but these five leadership mantles that the that God has given to the church, and finding what it means. Uh, for all of us. And so this really is a series on leadership. It's a different kind of series than anything we've ever done. But the reason we're doing this series is because without question, if you're taking breath into your lungs at this very moment, God has specific, unique purpose and design on your life. You carry leadership. You carry something to give away. And uh, you're not here to take up space you're not here to just exist or to get by, but you are here to have the king of the universe come and make his home in you. And then from that position of sitting on the throne in your on your heart, give you authority and influence and power to touch people's lives, period. And that's what God has, because that is... That is a part of what it means to know what we call the gospel or the good news is that, listen, we weren't just saved by the skin of our teeth to get into heaven. We were saved to be transformed, to see God touch the world around us. We were saved to be be brought into a family and then to turn around and go, God has more people he wants to bring into his family. And I get to be a part of that. And that's why we're doing this series. You might be in this room this morning. You might be joining us online and you're going, I'm not even sure that I'm a part of God's family, or it doesn't feel like God wants me in his family, or I'm not even sure I want to be in his family. And I want to say this morning, God can hear all of those things and he's here to tell you, brother, sister, he has more for you than you could possibly think, ask, or imagine. And if you'll open your heart to him, he's ready to bring you into his family and to empower you to make a difference. And the truth is every one of us wants that. But we're living in a world right now where we so desperately want to see things change. We want to see peace. And I'm telling you, the church has the key. The church is the key. We have the key and it is the message of the gospel, the good news that God is making a way for us. So that's why we're doing this series. It's a little mini sermon inside of a sermon. It felt pretty good. I'm ready to come to the altar right now and work through that. And so we, listen, a a couple weeks ago, we got to unpack what it means to be an apostolic leader. uh, And we got to unpack then uh, last week, what it means to be an evangelistic leader. This morning, we're going to unpack what it means to be a shepherd or a pastoral leader, Now, uh, before we get into, before we get to read the scripture, you're not going to find the word pastor anywhere in the Bible. It's not in there. In fact, the word you're going to find in the Bible is shepherd. The reason we use the term pastor is because that's the Latin word for shepherd. And so we're gonna, so God is pointing to this leadership role called uh, shepherd, and we wanna dive in and see what it is. Now there, I love the term shepherd because there's all these incredible parallels of what a shepherd or one who stands over a flock of sheep, what he does and what the sheep mean and what the shepherd means, and there's all these incredible pictures, but one of the, greatest pictures that I've gotten to see with the picture of what a shepherd does and the sheep does is uh, in a meme that came out this past year because all true theology is discovered through memes. And so I just wanted to be able to share this very brief and short, but so powerful meme. You guys take a look at this meme. Okay. Man. That's the most relatable meme of the, in the history of mankind, right? Because every one of us have been that sheep. Amen? Amen? Come on. Now we're preaching. All right? Every one of us has been in that place. We've been that sheep before. And we all can identify that. But... We've all also been the one that's pulled that sheep out before, right? Every one of us has been in that place where you're trying to love on and care for someone that can't get things figured out, right? And it can feel frustrating at times, but you have such a love and such a heart to see people's lives pulled out, if you will, out of the ditch and out of brokenness and into life even if they go right back to it. We've done that. If you've got kids, you've certainly been in that role or you've had roommates or friends or all of those things. We've all gotten to function in that place. This is an incredibly relatable leadership call because we are all really desperately in want of shepherds. I mean, I don't know anybody that isn't really deeply grateful for people that are watching out for their lives, that they wanna know that they're covered, that they wanna know that there is someone watching out for them when they happen to fall into the ditch or find themselves even uh, purposefully running back into the ditch. And so sometimes we're the sheep and sometimes we get to be the shepherds and God, I think, is calling the church to begin to unpack what it means to stand in this leadership gift. So let's read in Ephesians 4 these roles together just to refresh our memories and then we're gonna start to weave together what it looks like to have shepherds in our church. So Ephesians 4, verse 11, we're just gonna go 11 through 14. And he gave the apostles, this is Jesus, Jesus, he gave the apostles and he gave us the prophets and he gave us the evangelists and the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine and by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. So here's the question. What does... This, this role these five, Again, we've, we're getting to look at all of these unique roles and find out what they do. So the question is this, what does the shepherd do? Well, of course, to find out uh, what a shepherd does, we get to look at the greatest example of what a shepherd is supposed to look like. Anyone guess who that could look like, that perfect example of the shepherd is? Jesus, Jesus. oh my gosh, this church, we're going there. All right, we're getting it. We got it all figured out. Jesus, Jesus is the perfect embodiment of the shepherd. In fact, we get to see that he's the chief shepherd and we get to look to him and however he is, that's what the shepherds on this earth are also meant to emulate and look like. That's the call. I love this picture in First Peter and I wanna just... Uh, uh, unpack this because for a moment, it won't seem like we're looking at a shepherd, but I want you to see the heart of King Jesus as he's walking through. And it's giving a description, Peter's giving a description of what Jesus was like. And he says, for to this, you have been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. And live to righteousness by his wounds, you have been healed for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Now, let's all just take a deep breath, right? As we look and witness what it means to be a faithful shepherd, Because every one of us have had moments where we've strayed, where we've gone a different way, we've gone our own path, looked away, and what we found and what we saw was a shepherd who stood in and in the midst of our straying was willing to go to the full extent for us to know that he was never, ever going to leave us. And I love, we didn't plan it, but I'm so thrilled that we got to sing this morning, you're willing to leave the 99 to find the one. That's who the good shepherd is. In fact, you might even feel this morning like you've strayed really, really far from God. And what we have to hear this morning is so incredibly important, is that the chief shepherd went through hell on earth so that you and I, never have to live a life where we're not covered by him. That he committed no sin. He never uttered anything vile out of his mouth. When he was mistreated, he didn't look to cancel anyone. When he was canceled, he didn't revile back or shoot back. He just went to the slaughter and he took the wounds on his body so every one of us could be totally healed. Body, soul, and spirit. That's who the chief shepherd is. And so how do we get healing? Well, one, we just give our lives, our hearts to the chief shepherd. If You want to be whole and you want to be healed. We have to stop the running or we have to stop trying to do it on our own and just come to the chief Shepherd, because he cares for our souls. And I just love it, that it, in that scripture it says, We were all sh- straying like sheep, but we have now found the shepherd and overseer of our souls. That's what we have. He ministers to the soul, he cares for the soul, he refreshes the soul, he cares about us. That's what a shepherd does, that's what a shepherd is. And we get to see this over and over and over again of what it looks like to just be a faithful shepherd. Matthew chapter nine, Jesus in verse 35 says, Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. And I love this description. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and they were helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. So I love this, that Jesus is pointing, he's leaning into this. And so what does he say to the disciples? He looks, he talks to the disciples and he says, listen, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, I want you to pray this. Would you just pray earnestly that the Lord of the harvest would send out laborers. That's what he wants. Meaning this, when Jesus saw the crowds of people whose lives were a a mess and they were finally finding some kind of, he, he looked out and he saw and he's doing all this ministry and what's stirring in his heart is he's looking at them and he's filled with compassion because they're harassed and they're helpless, and that's what's on his heart in that moment, and what he wants is for people to come under the covering of a shepherd, because he says they're like sheep without a shepherd, and so he looks at his disciples, and he says, here's how I want you to pray. I want you to pray that God will raise up more shepherds, people who are ready to come and cover and bring people into the family, So I just wanna unpack uh, this shepherd's heart that we see in Jesus and just ask this question. Well, what does it look like for us to embody this shepherd heart? And more specifically, for those that feel that call or that leaning on becoming shepherds within the body to help, again, grow us all to maturity. Again, all of these unique functions we get to see, uh, we get to all operate in in many ways, but we'll find one which we get to lean in in a heavier way. And so what does it look like for people to function as shepherds to help build up the body? Well, one, shepherds are just going to help lead through the panic. The first thing that shepherds do, and this is what Jesus was seeing, is there was chaos going around. And if you, Jesus is looking at the people and he's seeing that there is a ton of fear and anxiety and worry going on. It's what the, the, the term that Jesus used in that place is they're harassed. And I, I tell you, we live in a world, we're living in a moment where there's just, Harassment all the time, right? There's fear being peddled. Doesn't matter who you're listening to or what the channel is uh, that you that you we gain information. There's just a ton of noise going on. There's too many. I just there's too many news channels with noise going on, and I'm not anti. You know, getting news, but. And, and, and I know we know this and I think I think this goes without saying, but I just say just in case you understand the thing that sells viewership and clicks is fear. Right. Do you understand that? And so I'm not saying that there aren't really bad things going on that we have to be very thoughtful and look into and really ask the Lord, Lord, what are we supposed to do? How's the church supposed to respond? So I don't want to be we're not. In fact, the church was never called to be a people with their heads in the sand while at the same time, we gotta have our ears open for what's just fear being peddled and people being harassed. And just ask the question, what does it look like in the midst of all the noise to come in and to be able to be a voice of life and hope, and to be, a, be able to be a voice of reason? The shepherd says, okay, if there's harassment going on or fear being peddled or anxiety or doubts or worries or all of that that's coming constant to what feels like 24 seven being shared, then the question is, how can I help care for the soul so that God brings stability and peace? Meaning that a shepherd's wanting to go in the midst of all the chaos, how can I bring peace? How can I usher in stability in a moment? How can I bring the voice and the heart of the Lord to that place? Not only does a shepherd seek to do that with the community, but then he also wants to or he and she also wants to help lead us towards authentic community. Shepherd wants to lead people towards authentic community. And I love, again, when Jesus gives us this picture of people being helpless, right? I don't know if you've ever been in that place before where you felt helpless, where there's something uh, happening and you feel like there's nothing that can be done. What's the one thing that you so desperately want when you feel helpless? You want help right? With the very definition of the word, when we feel helpless, what we really want is help. And what Jesus, the good and chief shepherd does and what he says and what he calls actually shepherds to do is to be able to come in and foster and create and build life-giving help. We, call, we use the word community a lot, but we build and create opportunities for people to come into real and authentic relationships, right, where we can bring down the fake exteriors, where we don't have to act like we have it all together, but we're able to come into a family and to be able to be real and to be able to even say, I'm, uh, I'm not okay today. To be able to be real about that, I think the church was, hasn't done always a great job about being that way. For being able to create an environment that, say, that says, I'm not okay. And the good news is this, Jesus is okay, and he's ready to take you to okayness, if you will. He wants to take you there, he wants to lead us there faithfully. And so that's what a shepherd wants to do, is a shepherd just wants to be able to say, you know what, if you're not okay today, I hear that, and I'm with you in that, and I'm not gonna leave you by yourself in that, but I wanna take you on a journey and I'm gonna walk with you to a place where God brings us into okayness. And I might not have all the answers. I might have not have it all figured out, but I'm willing to go there with you, to walk with you through that, just to see the Lord do an amazing thing. My wife and I were talking last night. Uh, she had just come back from the If Gathering uh, that uh, we got to experience and this, this week, and we're, just, we're asking some pretty heavy questions about, well, one, I think If Gathering was just pushing into the concept of community and what a real and true, meaningful, deep community actually looks like. And just getting to ask the questions, what ways are we really operating in that? That community is such an important thing to actually being able to build a safe environment for people to grow. How can we actually build that? And as we were talking through that, uh, What I had is a tendency to feel an anxiety rise up in me, feel like I got to get it all figured out. And then I just, um, by the grace of God, and and even as we were talking, got to remember one, step one to creating a healthy and thriving and meaningful God saturated community is for us to take a step out where we go. There's more than just the one shepherd who stands on the platform that has it all figured out because candidly, the guy that's on the platform doesn't have it all figured out. And two, we're meant to do this together and that there's anointing and power for shepherds to rise up and say, no, we're not gonna lean on the guy that, fix, that preaches on Sunday to have this whole thing figured out. We're gonna come together and do this as a family. That's how the kingdom was built, church. And we get to participate in that together. I'm gonna tell you, it takes a weight off my shoulders to know that, you know, my title here is lead pastor. It ain't only pastor, okay? So just never... Don't please never introduce me as this is Keith, my only pastor. Don't do that. Just, I'm just lead, but I'm, I'm looking for an army of pastors who want to come along. If you will. I'm looking for an army of shepherds that we get to do this together. So that's step one. If you wanna know what it looks like to just begin to step in and build an, an, a safe place as we get to do this together and go, oh, well, what role do I get to play in doing that? And some of you are going, well, I'm not sure I'm a shepherd and I'm a pastor. And that's what's beautiful about going through this series is you go, I might not have this particular leaning in my life, but I thank God for shepherds and I can learn from shepherds on how I can do that better in my own life. And we get to share these gifts across till we all come into maturity in in the Lord. So that's the point of what God wants to do is we build this authentic community. It's what the Lord's doing. He's raising up people who don't have to have it all figured out, but we can all look and lead towards the chief shepherd who does have it figured out. So how can we lean in that together? Because the shepherd says, let's get whole together. Let's get whole Together, built up, right? Because everyone loves the ideal church. Everyone loves the ideal church, but the call and the challenge is to love the real church, right? Everybody loves the ideal church, and as if that utopia. I mean, the ideal church lives and it exists, is up in heaven with Jesus. All right, we're all getting there at some point in time. In the meantime. Let's just be real church where we can continue to grow with each other and continue to lift each other up. And so if you're expecting New River to be a utopia, uh, I just wanna point you in a different direction. (laughs) I said, that day's coming. it's just not there yet, but let's just go there together. Can we just go to the chief chief shepherd together? And and, and God's raising up among us here uh, shepherds to do this together. And so... It's okay for us to be people who don't have perfect lives, but we wanna continue to strive with the Lord towards that perfection that he is building in each one of us. And and why do we do that? Because that's what Jesus does. Jesus is, and this is one of the beautiful things of the gospel, is that church, right now, you've been made perfect and whole. You're fully holy and perfect. Been made clean and pure and set free, and you have perfect standing and you're being made more perfect. And honestly, how those two theologies exist, I have no idea how that works. All I just know is I'm perfect and I can stand with the King. I can stand in the presence of God because I've been made perfect by Jesus and I got so much room to grow. I got, so, I got so much further that the Lord wants to take, my heart, my life, and yours and your life. So let's just say yes to all of it, right? Let's just say yes to all of it, all okay? right? Uh, finally, I would just want to uh, say this, uh, shepherds help lead us towards wholeness and forgiveness, wholeness and forgiveness. Because when you do community, um, uh, there's hurt at times and, and candidly, when you do real and authentic community, there's conflict. And we'll snicker about this because my wife and I like talking about this all the time because I don't like conflict. I mean, God's maybe me a shepherd, but I sure don't like conflict very much, right? My wife, she's not, she's not shy on it at all. And, uh, and it's great, but we, we're able to get there together. Not in a bad way. No, no, I mean, uh, in a healthy way. Sorry, I'm sorry. I always say that. It's like, she's so help- me. Our, our family would be in trouble if we didn't have my wife helping us through. Um, but I, what, I, what I love um, is the picture of a shepherd who's willing to say, Uh, how can we walk through all of the hard stuff in life? Because one of the hallmarks of what it means to be a follower of Jesus is to, one, be fully forgiven, and two, to carry forgiveness wherever we go. And you'll just see Paul talking about it all the time. In fact, when I've talked about my wife, uh, one of the awesome things she did when we were raising our kids is helping our kids memorize scripture. And we're just grabbing those core scriptures, you're like, we want this thing, this truth deep set in our kids. And the best way to do that is, of course, through song. And so uh, one, of the song, one of the songs, one of the scriptures that she gave to our kids, I'm so, I'm so thankful for it. I'll just, just give it to you. It goes, <laughs> be kind to one another tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you, Ephesians 4:32. Yeah. Just did that for you. That was just pure entertainment. That was just the Bible, though. I do, but I, that's actually from the Holy Spirit through Paul to the church, and he's saying, be kind and tender-hearted, and you forgive and cover each other because this is what Jesus has done for you and in you. We're carriers of forgiveness and shepherds go, Hey, if we're going to get an authentic community, it could be tough at times. So let's walk with a heart and a spirit of forgiveness for each other. Cause we're all going to fall short and I'll fall short and you'll fall short. You guys joining online, you'll fall short but we'll be able to come and care for each other and cover each other because we have shepherds that are willing to bring us together because we're gonna walk in forgiving, for a heart that forgives and not vengefulness because that's not who Jesus is. And so the beautiful thing is this. If not every shepherd is meant to just stand on a platform and, and preach, then what does it actually look like in everyday real life? And I just, I had this, I love this uh, quote from Henry Nowen um, in his book, Reaching Out. And he says this, he says, we need someone who encourages us when we're tempted to give it all up or to forget it all or just walk away in despair. We need someone who discourages us when we move too rashly in unclear directions or hurry proudly to a nebulous goal. We need someone who can suggest to us when to read and when to be silent which words to reflect upon and what to do when silence creates much fear and little peace. I just love the picture there is we just need people that are willing to go, I'll go there with you. I'll stand there with you. I'll encourage you and nudge you and push you and hear the stories and hear all the things because they're just, shepherds are just the ones that say, I care about you enough to speak into these things and to walk in these things. Paul gives us in Ephesians 3, and I know I've got to finish up so we have time to, to take communion together, but he prays this scripture, he, he pray, I'm sorry, he prays this prayer that we get in scripture, and it's just this heart for people to, to, to take on the power of the heart of Jesus. He says, for this reason, I I bow my knees before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That's the prayer of a pastor. That's a prayer of a shepherd. I just want you to get it. I want you to have that truth deep sunk down in your heart. I want you to know that you've got a perfect shepherd for your soul who ministers through his spirit, but that God's also raising up shepherds to do that together. That we get to be partners and a voice into each other's lives for what God wants to do in ways that he wants to grow us and change us into his image. You guys can put your notes down. We're gonna just finish out this time together. Um, you'll find in the chair back uh, underneath uh, a communion pack. If you grab that. And there's uh, two layers. If you've never taken on the first Sunday of every... Uh, month, we get to do communion together. And we're just going to reflect on the chief shepherd this morning and his goodness as we take communion. So if you can hang on to it, we'll take it here together. But you can, uh, if you'll break the seal, there's two seals there. You can just break that little tab off and that should allow you to be able to pull back the two different layers. One's got the bread and one has the cup. You can go ahead and make that ready. And I'm just gonna bring us uh, to a place where we get to be before the chief shepherd. And then we'll take it together. Jesus, first and foremost, we just wanna stand and thank you for being our chief shepherd. We wanna thank you for caring for our souls. And even before we take these elements together, would you just open your heart to the Lord for this moment and just say, thank you for caring for my soul. might even have you at an arm's distance, but it doesn't change the fact that you care for my soul. this morning, Jesus, we know that you care for our soul is because you willingly went to the cross for your body to be broken and for your blood to be shed. And when we had no chance to be able to care for ourselves, you stepped in and made a way. And I'll just reflect on that moment where you were arrested and taken to the cross and it says you committed no sin, neither was deceit found in your mouth. And when you were reviled, you did not revile in return. And when you suffered, you didn't threaten, but you continued entrusting yourself to your father who judges justly. And so you bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. And by your wounds, we have been healed. So, Lord Jesus, we come to you in this moment and we give you our sin again. In fact, would you just offer your shortcomings to the Lord and just willingly and gladly give them to him? The places in which you've fallen short, places where you've turned your back on him, places that you've fallen for what feels like the 5,000th time, would you just give those to him because he bore them in his body? You don't carry those any longer. And then would you just receive the new life that he gave? Right now receive forgiveness and receive healing and receive restoration, receive new and fresh hope new joy. We receive these things from you. We thank you that your body was broken for us. We put our full faith and trust in the fact that we're made whole because you were broken. We receive that truth again this morning. We bless you and we honor you. We thank you. Let's take the bread together. hold the cup Jesus we receive the cleansing that came from your body that was broken and torn and your blood that was shed we thank you that you made a new covenant in which we're not alone but you're with us we thank you for that we receive and we stand again in that new covenant in your name we pray amen Stay. Would you guys stand with me? You can put your packs just back in the chair backs there. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you've covered us fully. We thank you that you've given us a vision for what it looks like to be carriers of your shepherd's heart. We thank you that you're giving that to this church and all over. Would you open our hearts to be ready to shepherd people well? Pray that you would continue to raise up shepherds among us who care for souls. We continue to set our eyes on you, the author and perfecter of our faith. We're ready to walk with you in new levels of leadership and authority and influence. We believe and trust now that you're working that in us. And we stand victoriously, ready to help care for people as we go. Lead us faithfully, shepherd. We love you and we honor you and we bless you. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'll have prayer partners down front. We'd love to pray with you, encourage you, and bless you this morning. You guys come, let us pray with you. you. And there's coffee in the foyer. Love you. We'll see you next week.